Holy Gospel of our Savior Jesus Christ according to John. Jesus said, I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and runs away. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep do not belong to this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. The Gospel of the Lord. Perhaps not well known to us today, but Cyprian was once a great father of the church. His reflections on baptism, the Eucharist, the Lord's Prayer, are rich in wisdom and love. They're still relevant today. And he was also part of the labor pains of the young church. The persecutions went on as the emperors changed with alarming frequency. The church was in its infancy and Christians felt they couldn't make a small gesture to the civil authorities without damning themselves to eternal perdition. Cyprian was born around 200, uh, the common era. He may have known people who would remember the early disciples. His family were pagans. He was trained in rhetoric, that is, public speaking, writing clearly, logic. And it was a skill that he carried into his ministry. He felt cold to Christianity. He converted. He chose to be baptized. And the call went on and he was ordained and then he was elected Bishop of, of uh, uh, Carthage. He was revered for his love of God and the scriptures, but he also faced these dark times. This, these times of confusion, as we heard in the letter of James, there was a lot of finger pointing and judging, and it was not clear where the church stood on many vital issues. The Carthage of Cyprian had enjoyed many years of peace until the reign of Decius. Now, in, in Decius's uh, favor, we have to say that he really wished to restore the order overseen by the Roman gods. The Roman Empire hadn't completely collapsed, but things were changing very fast. And he wanted to keep his civil authority stable. So he began a persecution against the Christians, scapegoating them as the cause of the empire's ills. 
We've seen that. We see that today in today's politics. With the persecutions, some Christians, including some bishops, rushed to witness Jesus Christ and were martyred. It was an act of faith. It was also a sure way of getting the crown of heaven, a crown of heaven. People were still thinking that the last Trump was going to be a week from Thursday. And they wanted to show forth the faith. Others, including Cyprian, chose to keep their heads down, to hide. He was accused of that. But he writes that he has chosen this path to hold his flock together, not as a hired hand, as we hear in the Gospel, but as a good shepherd avoiding the Roman wolf. He was criticized for it. In his second round of persecution, Cyprian turned himself in and was summarily beheaded. During this period, many of the baptized lapsed. That became a, a, a term and an accusation. That is, they left the church. We may say that the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church, and the faith and steadfast of those martyrs did make people take note. What was it that possessed them to such heroism? They brought many people to the faith. But many ordinary people like us didn't want to die a horrible death, or they were torn by earthly, earthly responsibilities, their family, their children. They wanted to remain Christian, though. An attempt to satisfy both involved purchasing a forged document falsely claiming that they had sacrificed to the Roman gods. A little bribe. Others felt that rendering unto Caesar didn't matter if they had Christ in their hearts. Look, today we pledge allegiance to the flag and we swear loyalty to uphold the Constitution when we join the army or we have a civil uh, 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 position in the uh, in, in government and the civil service. And we don't think that's denying our faith, but in Cyprian's Carthage, that was an act that were grounds for excommunication. But these people were returning by droves after the danger went down a little bit. And they were seeking the Eucharist and fellowship. They wanted their church back. But what was the church to do with them? Forgive and forget? Priest named Nirvana suggested that. Or lay a heavy penance on them, or even never allow them to come back. And that was the words of a guy named Novation who was declared a heretic for it. Pope Stephen I took the position, based on the gospel teachings of Jesus, that you forgive. Because the gospel is all about forgiveness. Cyprian came roaring back. 
He said, to turn your face from God that way, who was a patron in the Roman sense, a, a, a lord in, in, in both Christian and Roman sense, that needed retribution. You had to pay back for this. He wrote in an essay on the vanity of idols that these foreign gods that they had danced with were real spirits whose demoniacal presence had infected these Christians who worshipped or even pretended to worship them. They weren't pure and clean anymore. In his treatise on the lapsed, he pulls out all the rhetorical stumps. He praises in gory detail, and believe me, he spells it out, all the suffering of the martyrs. And he contrasts that to the sins in mind and body, which would bring searing pain and hell to those who chose safety and betrayal over the glory of the sanctified. So cancer rose, don't they always? There were those who wanted harsh penance, opposed to those who wanted to forgive and welcome and forget. While Cyprian speaks of God's love, it was very transactional in his mind, and dues had to be paid. The other great goal of Cyprian was to unify the church. The Bishop of Rome was already considered a pope with authority. He was the direct heir of Peter. But all his brother bishops were direct heirs of the apostles as well. And Cyprian, and they wanted their independence. The way our church is organized, our presiding bishop has authority, but he does not interfere with Bishop Mark in what he teaches his people. Um, so Cyprian was torn because he did not agree with Stephen. He wanted to see a, a much more rig, rig, rigorous and disciplined church. He really came close to coming into deep trouble when he toyed with the idea that any Christians who had been baptized by heretical clerics, the baptism was not valid and they had to be rebaptized. Well, this flies in the face of one baptism for the remission of sins. And without valid baptism, you couldn't receive the Eucharist or be part of the body. Ultimately, a compromise was reached. It always is. Penance of a reasonable sort and readmission into the body. The issue of rebaptism just faded into obscurity as the heresy faded away. What is this to us? Like the third century church, the 21st century church is in chaos. I'm sorry, it is.
we've had our plagues, we're having our economic or perceived economic instability. People are leaving to go to embrace a secular world. And not very many of those people are concerned about their immortal souls or salvation. That has no longer become central to the minds of people. And the church isn't helping. The church is being part social worker and part liberation activist. Both of those are being taken care of quite professionally in the secular world. Maybe we are a little less vocal about the unbreakable bonds of the baptismal covenant. And some people have come back after the threat of the pandemic lessened. You know, we say the general convention, uh, confession, and we will today. And we will receive absolution as part of the liturgy before the great thanksgiving on the altar. Is it truly understood? Is it truly taken seriously? We also have rights of reconciliation between a penitent and priest. What is sin? Sin is basically an act of turning from God. And our primary purpose is to glorify God through our faith, through our works. Reconciliation is about forgiveness through God's grace and a contrite and humble heart. By confession? Honesty before God. You sit with your confessor and you say, you know, this is what's been going on with me since last time. And why penance? To remember. And to build a safe, personal, and caring relationship with God. I may feel a little queasy about saying these things, but after I've said them, I know that God, my Father, is there with me, and a good priest confessor is there with me, and there is hope. A good confessor will dig around a little to find what the real sin is, not an act of impatience with a family member or hating a schoolmate, but in you. Is it a lack of humility, pride, jealousy, fear? What triggered it? Know yourself. And a suitable penance might be a particular book or a journaling project or even take some time in a retreat. That's what good pastoral counseling is for. And the words, I absolve you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and pray for me a sinner are not an empty slogan but a cosmic declaration of Jesus' presence and God's mercy through the church. And so we have a lot in common with Cyprian's church. We're still struggling to figure out who we are in this new world that we've inherited since the pandemic and with all the great troubles in the world and the division in this country and the lies.
We are charged to spread the gospel, but perhaps the first ones we need to spread the gospel to is ourselves. To spread love and mercy and beauty. But not to dispense with discipline and discernment. That's a glue that holds a community together. That may be Cyprian's great gift to us. Being one of Jesus' own is not a free ride, except for the freedom that has been given to us already. Forgiveness, adoption, eternity. That's what the martyrs gave their lives for. Not everyone will come back. They did the last time. But new faithful will come, as they did the last time. And if we are true to ourselves and true our God, the church will survive. Saint Cyprian, pray for us and for the church. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon. Uh -huh.